This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Schadenfreude? Everybody must have screamed, ah! He's a sung hero. Little pushy pushy. Are you back? from listening to Stairway to Heaven twice. Now those are just words I looked up on the internet. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello! From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt, and I've got to shoot straight with you. Haven't Haven't been interested in recording a podcast the last couple of weeks. Prior to recent events, didn't want to talk about West Virginia University basketball into a microphone. I will share my attempt at recording something at the end of this podcast. And it's how I processed the dueling letters that happened earlier this month between former head coach Bob Huggins and West Virginia University. I got to tell you, I don't speak for West Virginia University basketball fandom or West Virginia University sports fandom. If I did, then one could argue that especially basketball fandom was in a stairwell in total darkness and you just keep taking steps down. You put your foot out, hoping you've reached the basement or a floor, and you don't. You just keep descending. It keeps getting hotter, and you and you just keep going downhill. You just find another step to drop. And I am here recording into this microphone because of recent events, which I don't want to say basketball fandom for West Virginia University hit rock bottom. What I will tell you is that fandom could at least turn around, stop descending, and start taking some steps up. A climb, if you will. Climbing instead of descending. And so here's here's the chain of recent events that gets me back to back from a dark place. No, no other way to describe it. So the 30-day, and it, you know, th- when I tell you these, it may not sound like the best news in the world. It's not, hey, West Virginia won a basketball game. And it's not even. I mean, there's levels of good news. But given what happened earlier this month and the events of the two months prior, this is good news. (laughs) Classify what I'm describing as good news. First of all, the 30-day transfer portal, 
which was opened by the coaching change, closed. So, Kobe Johnson, Pat Sumnick, Omar Silverio, they went from to be determined to, barring anything crazy, which can absolutely happen, but I'm, I'm giving you good news, those three guys will be wearing gold and blue, I'm anticipating, in November. So that's good news. You're not subtracting. You're not technically adding. You're locking in guys that could have left because a portal was open. Good news. Did those guys have to do a social media post to say, let's run it back? Absolutely not. So all I have to go on is the window closing. And it did. And that's a step up. Then a few days later, the Big 12 schedule matrix came out. That sounds fancy, Josh. What is that? Essentially, remember, round robin days are over. Big 12 has 14 teams this coming season. The Big 12 is not going to make their members play 28 <laughs> or 26 conference games. So you get to play a handful of teams home and home or home and away. Then four teams you play away and then four teams you play at home. That's what the matrix is. And I got to say, when I saw the schedule matrix for West Virginia, that's a step up, maybe multiple steps up. The pros of the schedule, and we don't have dates yet, those will come, but the pros of the schedule matrix, when you look at it, you see home and aways with UCF and Cincinnati. So four games against new conference members who will be picked near the bottom of the Big 12, and regardless of how good they are, they could be one and two picked as the best teams in the league you play them in the eastern time zone i'm not telling you anything you haven't heard by listening to this podcast but the travel schedule in big 12 basketball conference play is ridiculous it's it's a gauntlet if it was all in the same time zone you go <laughs> You go to the central time zone and now possibly the mountain time zone, it's a struggle. And you can't avoid that in this conference, but you can when you play Cincinnati and Central Florida. And it's only two games where you have road games in conference in the eastern time zone. It's just a world of difference. It's only two. It's it's two games that you're not playing in the central time zone. You're I don't know how many hours West Virginia is saving by having those two games, but it's enough to make a big difference. B-I-G, big difference in how the schedule feels. And the added bonus that, that UCF and Cincinnati, prediction-wise, going to be picked at the bottom of the conference. Hey, West Virginia's never won at Allen Fieldhouse. Guess what the matrix says? It says West Virginia doesn't have to go to the Allen Fieldhouse. So you 
You get Kansas one time when you get them in Morgantown, not necessarily a win. What I can say and what history says is that West Virginia has beaten Kansas in the Coliseum more than zero times, which is better, as we know, than the record in Lawrence. So that's a win. You know, the opposite of playing in the Eastern time zone is going to Lubbock. West Virginia doesn't have to go to Lubbock. Win doesn't have to go to Waco. Win doesn't have to go to Provo, Utah. Win. So West Virginia stacking wins in the schedule matrix. And really the only con of the schedule is that you play Houston in Houston. But you can find a pro there in that you only have to play Houston, which is a new member that will be picked at the top of the conference. You only have to play them once. So that's a pro. The con is you got to play them at Houston. That's truly the only con I see from a matrix standpoint. So you can see based on that, the teams West Virginia plays home and away. They play UCF. Cincinnati, Kansas State, TCU, and Texas. So those are the 10 games home and away. Four home games, only playing those teams once, and then four games away from Morgantown, only playing those teams once. So you can see the the two-game road trips developing as far as You only have to play Oklahoma and Oklahoma State once. And so that's probably an Oklahoma trip. You can see a Texas trip. So you see kind of the beats of the schedule without having the dates yet. But that's a win. I I can't think of a better uh, layout for the schedule matrix for West Virginia than what we saw uh, when they provided that information. So that's a win. Those are multiple wins the schedule. Then the same day, the matrix comes out. West Virginia picks up a guy from the transfer portal. And this happened really fast. St. John's, so many portal ads with Rick Bettino coming to town. One of the guys that they picked up earlier in the off season was a guy that followed Bettino from Iona. Then the roster got big enough to where this guy entered the transfer portal. This guy's name is Quinn Slazinski. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. He's 6'9". He probably he plays the four, which is definitely a need on this roster. And so Quinn has a cup of coffee at St. John's, two seasons at Iona. Two seasons prior to Iona, he was at Louisville. And now he comes to West Virginia. And his two seasons at Louisville was pre-Dumpster Fire Louisville, okay? So I don't know how good Quinn is. Only played seven games at Iona last season because of injury. His previous year at Iona, statistically speaking, good. But it's good at Iona. So we've seen guys who make the step up where, hey, they were killing it at a mid-major, doesn't necessarily translate. But, hey, West Virginia needed a four. 
They still need big guys. Quinn fits that role. And this is actually addition. This is not addition because it's not subtraction. This is actually addition. And so <laughs> prior to Quinn, where it's subtraction, 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 addition is a good thing. So we welcome Quinn to the old golden blue, and that's a step up. This, this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Our old buddy, Jose Perez. If you followed along, he committed to WVU before last season, denied his waiver to play last season, did another, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish what I started at West Virginia. This was pre-coaching change news. Coaching change happens, and Jose hits the market even after the interim coach is named. Jose hits the market. He goes around. He talks to schools, and for whatever reason, decides, you know what? I'm coming back. So Jose Perez, I actually want to apologize to Jose after multiple guys leaving, telling reporters, hey, absolutely I could come back to West Virginia. And then they absolutely don't. Jose Perez does come back. So is this good news? Technically, yes. Put this in the addition by not subtraction category. Is this something to celebrate? Me personally did not celebrate the news. <laughs> Had mentally accepted that Jose Perez was leaving. So for him to come back, technically it's good news. I don't blame him for exploring what's out there for him. But I would say the level of good news when I heard that Jose Perez was returning based on the history that I just shared with you, I would put it in the same ballpark as like opening up the sock drawer and seeing a clean pair of socks. That's good news. That's I put that on the same level as, as Jose Perez coming back. With love and respect to Jose Perez. Again, him doing what he has to do, I don't fault him for that. He can't fault me on the, on the other side for not getting super excited. <laughs> he's, he's sticking around. So Quinn plus Jose plus portal close plus favorable schedule matrix. You get from nine confirmed roster spots to 11. Big jump. Now you can play five on five in practice. And you've got two more scholarships available Jay Koontz, credit to him. He's working hard. He's still working. A couple more guys will get those scholarships. They're going to have 13. And that's adding too. So those are all, we're, you know, as I'm saying this, we're moving up the staircase. 
the dark, dark staircase. It's still dark, but we're moving to a higher ground versus descending into to madness. And so with all that news on the college front, that leads into today, TBT, starting in Wheeling. Best Virginia played something called Dubois, Dubois Dream. I think the S is silent in the first round. Dubois Dream, 0-3 all time in TBT. So over. Never any of those three losses, none of them were by single digits. On paper, if this was Mike Tyson's punch out, the dream is our Glass Joe. Us like I'm on the team. Best Virginia's Glass Joe. And then they have the Weathers brothers. And the Weathers brothers, you can't contain them. And they, those brothers and some timely threes scared the crap out of Best Virginia tonight. This was a close game all the way through. I'll tell you what, if you had a third Weathers, if Carl Weathers was the celebrity head coach for the Dubois Dream, and maybe there's a relation there, maybe not, if he's on the sideline, I think this goes a different way. But it was way closer than expected. I think the line before tip-off was 15 and a half. West, Best Virginia by 15 and a half. Kevin Jones luckily played great the whole game. And Eric Stevenson, in his first go-round for Best Virginia, he makes a buzzer beater to end the third quarter. Then got a key defensive rebound on a possession where in the Elam ending, Dubois Dream has the ball. If they make a, any shot, any field goal, they win the game. The guy misses. Eric gets the rebound and falls down face first <laughs> on the floor. And he's not moving. And the ball is underneath him like it's a, like it's a chest pillow. And he doesn't move. And the refs didn't know what to do. I mean, it was a very weird situation where it obviously looks like Eric Stevenson is hurt. Best Virginia does not have any timeouts. So these refs, especially TBT refs, they could have called a number of things. They could have called Stevenson for traveling. They could have also, you know, let him lay on the ball for five seconds and then, and then call five seconds. Uh, instead they called the whistle or they blew the whistle cause they thought Eric Stevenson was hurt. Kind of shrugged shoulders and said, all right, jump ball. We don't know what to do. And luckily the possession arrow was with best Virginia. Stevenson does not leave the game, stays in the game. Next possession. Stevenson works off a curl from Kevin Jones screen has a sliver of daylight, shoots the three, makes it, and Best Virginia wins the game by two in <laughs> in just a unexpected nail-biter in Wheeling. Bob Huggins was in the crowd. Stevenson pointed to Bob Huggins as he was celebrating, and Best Virginia moves on, and they're going to play the Marshall alumni team who beat 
the Pittsburgh alumni team in the game after the best Virginia game. I got to tell you what, it's Pittsburgh, not fans. You know, it, that's the rival for West Virginia. And yet I was moved seeing Levance Fields out there and 38-year-old Sam Young getting it done. Sam Young, old man at the Y strength. He still got it. I respect Sam Young. Uh, Levance Fields in my, is my spirit animal. He, he replaces Odd Elmore. And it's one and done for the zoo crew. And so Thursday, Best Virginia versus Heard That in Wheeling. Little bit of a advantage for Heard That because the court is green. But it is in West Virginia. But that's... That's not technically a step up for West Virginia University basketball. TBT results have nothing to do with what happens with the Mountaineers in the offseason or the upcoming season. What I will tell you is that this depressed fan base, if they see Best Virginia lose to Du Bois Dream and the Weathers brothers and see them get bounced in the first game in the state of West Virginia. Again, one doesn't, it's apples and oranges. The fan base would have been apoplectic. It would have been a, a, a descending (laughs) madness move. Like just, it wouldn't have been great. And Eric Stevenson avoided that. Kevin, Kevin Jones avoided that. Listen, heard that the guys that they have and their additions, they are going to be a tough out. West Virginia was sloppy with turnovers. They only shot four free throws. Probably not going to cut it against Heard that. Hopefully it's just a tough first game. But win, 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 win. Step up, step up, step up, step up. Uh, after, <laughs> after dark, dark times... And those may continue in the future. A week of good news. I'm happy to report. Unreasonable Doubt is under the Smoking Musket umbrella. Get your WVU sports news by going to smokingmusket.com. Listen to a WVU football podcast under the Smoking Musket umbrella. It's called West by Pod. Joel and Jordan are breaking down WVU's 2023 football opponents. They're going through the schedule, get informed information about what WVU will be facing in the 2023 football season. Listen to West by Pod. Do it. Smoking Musket. Welcome to a special episode of Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt, and a lot has happened in five days in July of 2023. So the best way to break this down is to present a play in audio form in five acts, the working title of this play. I need that rear view mirror now. It's kind of wordy, but it's a working title. Act one. On Saturday night, July 8th, Hoppy Kirchbull got onto the internet with information about a letter dated from the previous day. It was from an attorney representing Bob Hawkins 
The letter was sent to WVU President Gordon Gee, and here's what that lawyer said. I'm paraphrasing. Hey, WVU, Bob didn't resign. You have Bob resigning based on a text message his wife sent you. E-e-e-e-e. Did you get something in writing with Bob's signature? No. Well, it's because he hasn't resigned. Once he gets out of rehab, he'll pick up where he left off. You don't like that. We'll sue you. Act 2. West Virginia University's general counsel responded to the Bob Huggins lawyer letter on Friday with the response letter on Saturday. I'm paraphrasing what that letter said. What are you talking about? We're not familiar with this lawyer. We were talking to another lawyer of Hugs yesterday about his last checks due to him, you know, resigning. Here's what we know. Hugs told his players and staff that he was resigning. We got the resignation email from his wife with the language we suggested. We wrote back saying we accepted his resignation. Almost three weeks have passed. Now we get this letter. Out of the blue, he's not getting his job back. You disagree. See you in court. Act 3. Bob Huggins, after a couple days passes, sends out a media statement on Tuesday. Here's my version of what that media statement said. Sorry for blowing a point two one. I'm in world-class rehab and currently off the grid. But I found out what WVU has been saying. They said I said I was resigning and retiring. Are you insane? I'm not resigning or retiring. Fake news. Yeah, I talked to my guys. I said I didn't know what was going on. I said if I'm out of here, I'll tell them who should be up next. Also, I told everyone to stay at WVU. So here's the deal. WVU needs a permanent head coach. Good news. I never left. I'm going to fix this once I get out of world-class rehab. See you soon. Act 4. Following the media statement, Bob Huggins' lawyer responded to the WVU's general counsel letter from Saturday. Here's what that letter said, the way I read it. I'm the new lawyer for Hugs. Get used to it. And in case you can't read, Huggy Bear didn't officially resign and you have been lying about it from the jump. You told Hugs' wife to send an email. That ain't how you do it. I may be in Ohio, but I know West Virginia law. It says that you messed up. June Huggins is not the one to say Bob's career is over. And she definitely wouldn't say it in an email sent on an Android phone. Now look what you did. You opened up the transfer portal when it shouldn't have been opened. Because my guy didn't resign. Call me up on your Android phone and let's figure out a solution that works best for everyone. We don't have to do this the hard way. Act 5. West Virginia University's general counsel, when they received Bob Huggins' lawyer's response to the general counsel's response, the general counsel responded to that response. And if Act 4 were Jay-Z's takeover, Act 5 is Nas's ether. I still don't know what you're talking about. 
Are you saying Hugs never resigned? Are you saying his longtime lawyer went rogue on working on behalf of Hugs? Are you saying Bob's wife acted without him in the loop? Are you saying any of this without saying a word for three weeks? Or are you saying that he didn't resign in writing with Bob's signature? Like that's the only way to resign. Let me give you some real news. His longtime lawyer was heavily involved with this. He told us that Hug said he was resigning. We said we needed in writing. Bob's guy asked if we could do this via his wife's email. Bob ain't got time for email and Bob's guy was having issues with his email machine. We said okay. Bob's guy asked for language. We gave it to him. Bob showed up on site to tell everyone he wasn't going to be the coach anymore. Bob called the associate AD to tell him that he talked to the team and that Bob was resigning. Bob told our guy who he thought should be the interim coach. People heard this call because Bob was on speakerphone in the locker room. We got the email from Hug's wife. The lawyer called to confirm we got it. Bob called the associate AD again. Never said anything about not resigning. You're saying fake news about the statement attributed to Bob Huggins. We gave that language to Bob's lawyer. He reviewed it and said it was okay. We said we're sending this out. He said okay. The next day Bob comes back to the practice facility. You know why he came back. To clean out his office. Because that's what you do when you resign or retire. He talked to Ren Baker while he was there. About his resignation and retirement. Nothing to the contrary, Hugs got all his stuff, put it in his truck, and left. Then we get this letter three weeks later saying Hugs didn't resign or retire. Get out of here with that. You played yourself. Also, you said he didn't officially resign with a signature via certified mail. The contract says it's sufficient to do that, not that it's the only way to do it. We're West Virginia University. We have a law school. We've got a good idea of what state law says, and our read of the law says that you blew it. So our position remains unchanged. Bob resigned and retired. We accept his resignation. He's not getting his job back. We'll work on paying Bob his money that he is owed because he resigned. Good day, sir. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.